Welcome to Goal Sports. You have entered the zone called sports on another level. And now, here's your host, Cole Johnson. Goal Sports! I am that man, your man, the illustrious tour guide, Cole Johnson. And on this episode, we're going to talk about moments in the also going to talk about some urban decay, <laughs> DUI issues. Of course, we're going to have the dodo of the week. We're going to go in in a different way, and we are also going to talk about mental health. That'll be it upon further review, but that's for later. For now, let's get to the headlines. Dateline Minneapolis. Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer is a little bit leery of the new rule, which seemingly the refs don't know how to officiate it properly. Well, I guess that's what happens when you institute a new rule and you don't know how quite to adjudicate it. When asked about the confidence of the ruling and the rule itself, Zimmer had this to say. Quote, quite honestly, no. The one that they had to call on him. The guys are tackling around his legs and he had his head to the side for the most part. I actually sent that in to ask them, why was this called? Then you see other places because I go through the tape and I'm saying, I wonder if this is a penalty. I wonder if this is a penalty. I think it's very hard to tackle a guy. Close quote. Well, later we'll discuss a coach that thinks opposite. Dateline, Washington, D.C. All Day finds his team. Yes, the previous or perennial 2,000-yard-a-season rusher, Adrian Peterson, found his team, and that team happens to be the Washington NFL franchise. Now, he did sign for the league minimum, which would be a little over $1 million for one year. But if you're expecting the all-day that we saw coming out of Oklahoma and the one we saw that was determined to show that he was fine with with his ACL tear and coming back off of it, you'll be waiting a very long time. That AD is long gone. Dateline Los Angeles. Kobe Bryant, the subject of many in the Big Three's lips, in wanting him to come to the league since Steven Jackson said he would, quote, be cooked, close quote, they ended up being dissatisfied as Kobe said, mm, nah, I'm going to take a pass on the big three. I'm not going to be playing. Amid speculation and rumors that he would probably join the league and it'd be a big boon for Ice Cube and his post-NBA career playing league. Three-on-three three for Kobe in the summer seems to not be a good time for him, but I, I guess you can understand he has other interests. I mean, he dabbles in animation, dabbles in Hollywood, dabbles in other business ventures, such as his $200 million uh, return off of his $6 million investment off of a sports drink. So, uh, dude looks like he's busy. And a side note, happy birthday to you, Mamba. 40. 40 looks good on you, and I hope more things come from many different areas in your life. And if you want to join the big three, please join because I know many, many of us miss seeing you on the court. But if you want to do what you want to do, have at it, man. We're still going to be loving you, no matter what. Dateline, a funeral home. 
Sometimes you see stories and it just makes you shake your head and you wonder why. Former offensive lineman Richie Incognito was seen and spotted in a funeral home. And sometimes you just have to read these things and you can't just say it. Incognito went into a funeral home brandishing two Glock pistols, a handgun silencer, and three rifles in his vehicle. Now, uh, you have to understand, last Saturday, and he posted this on Twitter, Incognito's father passed away, so it may have a lot to do with that. But a guy who seemingly had a I-don't-care-about-anything-including-you attitude uh, seemingly is going off the rails and is unhinged. But we will talk about mental health a little later. He may need to listen to a few athletes because it looks as though he's heading down a very dark path and road. And a guy who was lauded to be a villain, he's going to receive very little to any sympathy whatsoever. Dateline Indianapolis. Well, remember earlier that I talked about Mike Zimmer and his, his unsure understanding of the new helmet rule? Well, the Patriots head coach, Bill Belichick, said, Uh-uh, we ain't having that because I, don't teach that way. Well, I'll let him explain what he has to think about this rule and his teaching technique. Quote. From my standpoint, there's really, it's not a change for us, for our coaching staff. I've, we've never taught tackling with the crown of your helmet, putting your head down, leaning into your body forward in that type of position. I don't think fundamentally that's a good position to be in. It's not effective. We've always tackled with our head up, eyes open, heads back, so we can see what we hit. That's the only way I've ever coached. If we do it that way, we'll be within the rules. Close quote. All right, VIP, insert your you skirt the rules patriots jokes here. Dateline ball stay. Commentator Jason Witten. Oh, I'm so sorry. Mm-mm-mm. Uh, Witten, get back on your game, son. It's not as easy as you think. Study your boy Romo. That's how you're supposed to do it. It ain't easy just to hop behind the mic and hit the telestrator and draw plays. Know what you're doing, son. Sorry. I digress. Commentator Jason Whitlock, who has an affinity for all things Kansas City and Racism that might be crying foul. That's the best way I could put it. He had to opine, and he did so in an article, about Ball State University taking down John Schnatter's name. And if you all don't know who John Schnatter is, he was the, see, is the founder, was the CEO of Papa John's. And because he had to say a racial epithet in a meeting, and it was leaked and released, he received backlash. And he had to step down from so many different things. His business, the seat on the University of Louisville's board. Seemingly, he has become the pariah of all pariahs. So, of course, after losing a whole ton of money for his company in November and now having this happen a few months later, he's trying to distance himself as far as possible from this. Well, Mr. Whitlock basically called Ball State University a bunch of cowards. Well, I'll let him say it in his own words. Quote, as long as we, black people, 
are this easily pacified and manipulated, we will be thwarted in all attempts to close important American economical and educational racial gaps. President Mearns, the president of Ball State University, Ball State University's black faculty, congratulations, mission accomplished. You've created the appearance. You care about everything black students while doing just the opposite. Close quote. Now on his face, I get it. You don't want to be pacified. I fully understand that. And I'm not even talking about Jason. I'm just talking about black people in general. I get that. Pacification is not really the way to go. However, earlier in your piece, Mr. Whitlock, you talked about things that Martin Luther King Jr. would stand for and wouldn't stand for. And you said that he wouldn't stand for something like this, right? You would be, and I hate to say this, sir, you're only a few years older than me. You, sir, would be the type of, uh, I hate to say this now, but I'll say it in this vein, Negro, who about 50 years ago, when he would see Martin Luther King Jr., have rocks thrown at him, have bullets be shot at him, have people spit on him. You'd be the type to say, add a boy to the ones who would shoot, throw rocks and spit at him. So do not come to me with the ball state is being a bunch of cowards. No, you, sir, you, sir, have the yellow streak running down your back. So don't say that this is an act of cowardice. When if they didn't take his name down, you would see a whole lot of alums, a whole lot of Parents of students would draw money from the institution. So what are they supposed to do? Because you went to college. You know what it's about. Money is what fuels these universities. So if they have a lack of funds somewhere, something has to be done. And if John Schneider's name has to be taken down from Ball State, more power to them. It is a business decision that they have to do. And if it happens to pacify, quote unquote, people who seem to think that this guy is not good for their reputation for the families or injurious to those who attend the university then so be it but you shouldn't seem seem to have a name up there to rub it in people's faces you know like the pettis bridge in selma yeah the the bridge the affirmation bridge that's named after a ku klux klan member the very same bridge that today is still named the pettis bridge names mean something with luck but you have to be on your high horse. Well, congratulations, Whitlock. You got your high horse kick in again. Good job on the article. Bad job on everything else. Dateline, Washington, D.C. Again. So in a rally in West Virginia, and it sounds so strange to say, considering that we're talking about a president doing a rally and it's not even campaign season. President Trump criticized ESPN on last week's decision for them to verbally say that they are not going to air the national anthem on TV. The president had this to say, quote, you're proud of our country. You're proud of our history. And unlike the NFL, you always honor and cherish the great American flag. It was just announced by ESPN that rather than defending our anthem, our beautiful, beautiful national anthem and defending our flag, they've decided that they just won't broadcast when they play the national anthem. We don't like that. Close quote. (laughs) I'm going to reserve what I really want to do for the next segment, but I'm going to say this now. With 
all due respect, sir. ESPN, Fox, CBS, NBC, all of them do not, on a regular basis, televise the national anthem on TV. The only times that they have has been when this has become an issue, and it's not even about the anthem. It's about peering the sidelines to see which one is going to protest. So even then, it's not about the anthem. Like I said, the only times I can think of that they would broadcast it would be, what, the Super Bowl? Maybe the championship games? Maybe then. But the only times that I would see NFL programming purposely airs the national anthem is around the Super Bowl game. A regular season game, definitely preseason game. And most playoff games? Not really. And ESPN, who they only maybe air one playoff game a year, which would be a wild card game, they never have. I mean, it, they got to get their jingle off, really. And in the midst of the national anthem, the Hank Williams Jr. jingle is what's playing. So are you going to say, well, you know what? We have the conservative Hank Williams Jr. singing ESPN theme to Monday Night Football. We should yank him off because he is disrupting when the national anthem is being played on ESPN. They never play it. Stop making this a political thing. Start making this about a humanistic thing. The protest is a human thing. The national anthem is wonderful. I have no issue about standing up because I fought for this country. No issue for that. No issue at all. But I can't dictate what other people do. If they want to do what they want to do, fine. And if you want to place your hand on your heart, which you don't all the time, I may add, when the National Anthem is played, more power to you, Mr. President. And if you want to be like Gerald Jones, who the NFL Dallas Cowboys owner is fighting for you just as hard and just as vigorously that his players should stand for the National Anthem, but Jones would care less because, you know, protocol with National Anthem is you take off your hat. And Jones wore his hat. National Anthem's played. He still didn't care. Rules can't be good for one and not another. You included, sir. So, stop trying to fan flames where the fire is not even lit. And if you keep doing this, people are going to be laughing at you and then ignoring you. Because they're going to be saying, oh Lord, here's the squeaky wheel again. Let's apply the grease and shut him up. That's not what you want, sir. No, you want your words to be, wow, the president spoke, we must listen. Not, oh, Lord, the president spoke, we must shake our heads, close our eyes, and say, why does he suffer from diarrhea of the mouth? That's not what you want, but that's where you're headed, especially when you take time out and talk about an issue you really shouldn't. Because there's bigger issues on your plate than if players protest or not the national anthem of a sporting event. Because it should be more important as to why they are to you, not the fact they're doing it. That is what the beautiful, beautiful national anthem is supposed to represent. The fact that you have the power within your hand to change things that are unjust and to hear the people of this great country who have issues, who are saying to you there's a problem in wherever city it is, or state there is, or region there is, and we want to have your power sway it another direction, that is why the national anthem is played, because you are supposed to be the embodiment of the freedom that the song talks about. 
But if it's not going to be free and it's going to simply be pompous circumstance, even for you, then what's the point of having the anthem being played in the first place? When I come back, instead of going in, I'm going to do something a little special. I'm going to debut another segment right after this. that many of you might not know about but I'm going to talk about it because of the ramifications of what the at and the player represents so there was a college basketball player who seemed to do something that just wasn't right and he hopped behind the wheel super sauced and he was pulled over and arrested because he was charged with quote Super extreme DUI. Close quote. Okay, now it's time to debut the new segment. It's called Email Ira Lee. CC. All athletes in professional and amateur sports. Subject of email. Driver! Body of email. Look, son, you're only 19 years old. Your life is a huge canvas that is yet to be painted ahead of you. You do not need to destroy your life by just getting sauce, just throwing one drink down after another. Think you're the big man on campus, hop behind the wheel, and you barely can even think straight, let alone walk straight. It is not a joke. You can injure people if not kill them. You can injure yourself if not kill yourself. Because hopping behind the wheel of a car sober is a task all its own. Because you've got to be alert at all times, no matter who's behind the wheel and no matter who's driving around you. To do that impaired means that you are handicapping yourself immensely and exponentially so so stop climbing behind the wheel drunk i actually made a commercial a parodied commercial about this one time when i talked about how if you can do these simple things either go to the event the designated driver or call a car service now you are in college so unless the university provides taxi service or an uber and they pay for it or they provide a car service you can't pay for it that's obvious but if you are to be blessed by god to play in the nba call a car service don't injure yourself or anybody else or put people in public in danger because you feel this machismo need to prove that you can operate in anything whether walking driving thinking, writing, talking, drunk, inebriated. 
sauced, hammered. Whatever vernacular you use to talk about inebriation, if you are in that state where you're impaired, don't do anything. And I put this out to every professional athlete within the sound of my voice. This is the latest example of that. This guy is 19. We have had those twice his age. You know, Derek, Derek Fisher, who flipped his Escalade last year on Pacific Coast Highway with Matt Barnes's ex-wife in the car. And what, what was the issue there? He drank a little too much there, too. So you have to stop doing this, please. The safety of you and your public is that important. Because obviously, people are going to still get drunk. I mean, I could say the answer is, yeah, don't drink. <laughs> no. You're all going to do what you're going to do anyway. And even though you're 19, you shouldn't be drinking still. You're going to do what you do, but you cannot be irresponsible. That's my problem. That's the issue here. And I hold you coaches. I hold you teammates and I hold the culture at large, you know, like Tristan Thompson saying that it's culture to have groupies just hit on you. Even if you're dating somebody in the NBA, when you travel, seemingly this is culture too, that you get a chance to be the life of the party, throw them back, throw them down, and then hop behind the wheel and do wheelies and donuts. And you drive about 80, 90, 100 miles an hour. To prove that your vehicle is the boss when you're also proving to others that your brain matter is being bossed around. So if this is culture, stop it because it's going to involve innocent people's lives being adversely affected. Driving under the influence, driving while intoxicated, whatever acronym you want to place on this. Driving while impaired is not ever a good thing. Whether you're 19 or 90, it doesn't matter. Take care of yourself and take care of others by doing the right thing, by tossing your keys to someone who's sober. I would appreciate it. The people who come to watch you play basketball or football or baseball or hockey appreciates it. And the world appreciates it. We don't need to hear stories like this that scare us yet again. And alert us yet again of athletes who seem to not understand and grasp the fragility of life. Cole Johnson, Cole Sports, ColeSports.com. When I return, hey. Dogs of the week. Calls
Welcome back to Cold Sports. Cole Johnson here. Man, I'm hyped. As you know, I've already gotten some hot takes off. <laughs> I've only just got started. This was a last minute addition because I had somebody else in the slot, but I had to switch it because of the idiocy that was coming from this situation. So let's get to it right now. Here is your next Dolt of the Week. It is sponsored by nobody. But we're still going to give it to you straight with no chaser. Straight with no chaser. Straight with no chaser. The winner of this episode's Dolt of the Week is... And I'll even put that this is the Dolt of the Month of August. Ohio State University's... I'm so sorry. The Ohio State University's head coach, Urban Meyer. He gets this award because there's so many flags I can throw on this play. Let's start with the first flag. Now, the, ru- the, the rule normally is, the unwritten rule is, you're supposed to build a trust as a coach between yourself and the media. Now, you can conduct whatever style you want. You can be combative. You can, you can be hit and miss. You can be cloak and dagger. You can be gregarious and open. However you want to do it is your business. But you cannot straight up admit your line to the media. (laughs) And I said last week, and tune into that episode, the episode that that, that talks about uh, Elway never colluding in people being out of their plunking minds. I said that Urban Meyer was going to be on the sidelines coaching in 2018 because this offense was not going to hurt him. And it didn't. And you could say, well, he still is being suspended for three games because officially the Ohio State University suspended Urban Meyer for the first three games of the 2018 season. But in mid-September, he'll be back on the sideline. (laughs) As I said, he was not going to be missing 2018. He was going to be on the sideline. Why? Because 73 and 8, baby. That means 73 wins and 8 losses at the Ohio State University as head coach. I told you. It is more important to cut down those nets in early April if you're a basketball program or hoist that crystal football in the in the sky come January. It costs to not go. It is a boon if you do. And this guy has given Ohio State the prestige that they've been looking for ever since Woody Hayes. And I don't count Jim Trestle because they had a decent run, but it wasn't impactful enough. They saw an institutional head coach bringing Ohio State, I'm sorry, the Ohio State University to the prominence of being one of those programs you mentioned in the same breath as Notre Dame, as USC, as Michigan. And now you can actually say they're better than Michigan at the moment. Sorry, Bings and Blue fan, that's just the truth. As now Alabama. You know, it's 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 amazing to me how that is what shapes the narrative of these programs. And Ohio State, I'm sorry, the Ohio State University 
seemed to bear this out and people were doing ridiculous comparisons. They're saying, well, if this was Jerry Sandusky and Joe Paterno of Penn State, they would still be on the sidelines coaching. <laughs> that was a pedophile and they covered it up. This isn't about pedophilia. This gets to my second point. Domestic violence is laughed upon. And if I were to be at that press conference this is how I would picture it. Well, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I'm glad that uh, you were able to, to attend. How, how can I put this? This has been a tough time for me, for my family, and for the family of Ohio State. Uh, Buckeye Nation has really been rocked and reeled by really a situation, a tough situation that that a woman put us in. Yeah, and and you know the the man that that did this, you know he was a brother, although he was a freaky brother, he still was a brother. You know, I mean, hey, he had the nerve to bring sex toys on campus. He also had the nerve to send lewd photos of himself from from Washington DC but hey that's that's still my brother you know I, I I thought that we would cover it up and 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 keep that hush hush and we wouldn't have to I mean um I, I thought that we would be able to handle this in house but it didn't happen because well I, I, his meddling big mouth ex-wife, had the audacity and nerve to speak. You know, it, it's it's unfortunate that we have we have in these days and times discretion be gone. And just because just because my brother, her ex husband, decided to be heavy handed and treated her like Ike Turner did Tina, that that doesn't mean that she had to leak that out. No, no, no. It, it meant that we handled things as a family in-house and really I am sorry but I am not sorry because of what happened I'm sorry that I got caught and I'm sorry that my my brother Zach got caught and I'm sorry that you had to be subjected to a bitter woman who yes yeah, she got her face beat in but she needed to know her place and keep her mouth shut. But most importantly, I am so sorry to Buckeye Nation because what's most important is we're winning bowls and we're winning national championships. So I want to put more of those crystal balls in Columbus. Families, it doesn't matter. You know, what happens behind closed doors, that doesn't matter. A hurt woman talking to the public because she wants her 15 minutes of fame? That doesn't matter. No, what matters is victories. And that is what's most important. And with that, I'll take questions. Uh, um, Urban? You, you seem to be so cavalier and dismissive about Courtney Smith, the ex-wife you just trashed in, in your statements just now. My question is, do you believe a woman should be beaten? Do you actually have compassion for a woman who suffers domestic violence? Or, or is there something 
Is there something missing in you to be so callous and cavalier about this? Uh, what's your take on that? Uh, I want you to security remove that reporter out. Uh, I, 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 I'm not going to answer that question. I'm not going to dignify that with response. Mo- remove him. Remove him. You know, I want you to know that you, sir, are a pig. You are gross. I can't stand men like you. Why are you actually just sweeping this under the rug? That woman deserves to be stood up for. You have the power to do it, and you're not doing it. Uh, Security. You, I can't believe you. You are a scum. I don't like you. Ah! You should have fired him. You should have fired his... And I believe that's going to conclude this press conference. Uh, Well, actually, it doesn't. Uh, I'm going to actually appeal the fact that I'm being suspended for the first three games of the 2018 season because, hey, I'm not the one who's beating my wife up. That's the lunatic. That's my brother. That's him. Not me. I shouldn't pay for crimes of this idiot. But I am. And I'm going to appeal that. No further questions. See So when you did that press conference, that was what I was hearing, Urban. I wasn't hearing someone who was contrite. No, I was hearing someone who was like, let's shift the blame. That woman got hurt. Physically, emotionally, mentally, and psychologically. And the university and you didn't do anything about it. You didn't care about her pain. You only cared about your fraternity with your brother. If I were to have a 17-year-old boy and Urban Meyer were to come into my living room to coerce and convince my son to play for his program I would sit my boy down right in front of Urban and say to him the following words. Quote, son, I know you're talented and I know that you deserve to have your ability be shown in front of the world. And this would be a good ticket to do that. And on top of it, you'll get a free education to boot. But the one thing that I want for you is that from the time that you're 18 to the time that you're 22, when you walk across that stage with your degree in hand, is that you're taught how to be a man. Now, I gave you the rudimentary understanding and the fundamental understanding of how to be a man. But the coaches that you have had in Pop Warner, in junior high, in high school, They gave you other tools as to how to be a man. Here is the biggest tool in how to be a man. And I'm about to show it to you right before this man. You see this gentleman here? He allowed one of his coaching staff to beat down and beat on his ex-wife. Now, I want to ask you a simple question. If I or any other man were to bash in the brain of your mother, would you be accepting of that? And would you want to be with him? Or would you even want to be with me if I were to treat your mother with that type of disrespect? Would you even want that for her? And would you want to back me? And if I put anything in you, I think the answer to that question is no. And if that if that answer is no, then you're not going to go with this man 
because he doesn't believe in protecting a woman. And that right there is case closed. You can make the final decision, but I believe that I have put so much integrity in you that you would look at this man and say, thanks, but no thanks. I'll take better offers from other universities. Close quote. When I return, we are going to go into the mind. And upon further review. offered a contract from the Browns, but he turned it down. What next for Mr. Throw of the X? Lick our chops as college football is getting started. Award the Dota of the Week, and I may debut another segment. And of course, we're going to have a Pond Further Review. In fact, we're going to have a Champions Personified edition of a Pond Further Review, but that is for next week. For this week, though, DeMar DeRozan had a wonderful comment, even though it's a sad topic. He had a wonderful comment on how people think. And he said something to the effect of, quote, I would love everybody to be rich so that they can actually get what they want, but they can also see that it wouldn't solve the problems they have. Close quote. Well, he's on record in having issues of mental health and depression and others have stepped up such as Kevin Love and Paul Pierce amongst others. That's what we're going to talk about right now. And upon further review. Quote. It's one of the things that no matter how indestructible we look like, we're all human at the end of the day. We all got feelings, all that. Sometimes it gets the best of you. Where times everything in the whole world's on top of you. Close quote. That was the comment of former Raptor, now current Spur, DeMar DeRozan, as he told it to the Toronto Star earlier this year in the winter. He also, as I said earlier in this segment, talked about how, well, in commentary that Biggie Notorious B.I.G. said in More Money, More Problems, the premise of the song was the more money you make, the more problems you have. And jealousy and envy is everywhere. There has been this stigma and there has been this this thought process. And there's also been this snide commentary, especially with the kneeling of the national anthem of the players and those who oppose them saying these players get paid millions. What do they have to complain about? Their lives are good. But 
the thing is, we wouldn't have deaths like that of Whitney Houston. That woman was one of the greatest singers in the entire world. And you knew she had money hand over fist, yet she died in a bathroom ODing on cocaine. (sighs) Money doesn't solve everything. And it may solve few things. It may give you more issues. And that was one le- lesson I learned with Marvin Gaye because, well, he made money, but the IRS came coming hard after him year after year after year. So money is not the magic elixir. And this is what the NBA players are saying. DeMar DeRozan being one, the Cavaliers, Kevin Love being another. And he was interviewed recently by ESPN's Jackie McMullen. And he had this to say about his bout with mental health issues and depression. Quote, I have anxiety. But I also come from a family with a history of depression. It's difficult to talk about. It's difficult to confront. I finally had to say to myself, your whole life, these things will affect you. So how are you going to manage it? Close quote. And seemingly what I'm hearing is one of the ways, or I should say the best way that you manage it, is you get a fraternity of people or a sorority of people. If Because I know women athletes go to these bouts too. Surround yourself with people who need to lean on you a little more and you can help them and they can help you at the same time. And that's what we're all built to be. We're built to be support blocks for other individuals. And just because these athletes make the the top ones seven or eight figures a year doesn't mean that the problems they have are minuscule compared to yours. They're just different. And there may be some similarities to boot. So before you write the check literally of saying well these players are fine and (laughs) they can buy their happiness i mean the beatles wrote a song said money can't buy me love and it's true money doesn't cure all and in fact in the bible it actually says the love of money is the root of all evil so you can wish and want to be in someone's place who has opulence and has means and has resources and has the wherewithal to control their lives in a way that you can't but you got to be thankful for what you have and i believe in the journey to health the journey to mental health for demar DeRozan, kevin love paul pierce and, and a few others who have openly and bravely have come forward to say this is a problem in the nba for sure and it's more than just a problem in the nba i mean part of cte is the fact that they go through a whole ton of depression bouts in the nfl and part of concussion in general is that issue and that problem. The fact that they are bold to step forward and say, this is a problem and I want to let the world know that I'm doing whatever I can to stop it. I'm turning that around because I want to be a better, more able, healthier person. That's huge. That's big time. That's what we all should strive for. That's what we all should want. We should want all our athletes to be focused to be strong, to be happy. Not just happy in making the money they make, be happy doing what they're doing. Because as I, as I said earlier, you can you can have all the money you want, but you could be in that bathtub, taking that nap that you don't wake up from. Because there's some other demon that is on your back or some other baggage in your past that you haven't rid yourself of. Or some creditor you're trying to evade. Or a relationship that you can't get over. These players have problems too. And 
instead of looking at them as a dollar sign, as I think sometimes VIP you might, look at them as the human being they are, just like you want people to look at the human being you are. That is what will make this world much better. And because you will make this world better, you'll make the athletes' worlds better. They have a gift that we get to love on and we have a heart big enough to accept their gift and look at them for bigger and much greater than the gift. They are human beings too. If you happen to like this episode or any episode that you have heard thus far, Come on now, the subscribe button on ColdSports.com is waiting for you to click. Click on to it. And you can listen to me on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. You can listen to me on Straight Up and Android. You can listen to me on any other apparatus in which you listen to it. And you can also listen to this program on ColdSports.com. And I just want you to do these three simple things. As Cold Sports always wants you to do. We want you to enjoy your life. Enjoy for all you can. Spread the word and the love of Cold Sports with a Z to all within earshot and enjoy the content. Well, thank you, VIP, for the Intelligent Sportsman. I am Cole Johnson, and this is. You've been listening to Cole Sports with Cole Johnson.